You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Adam Sandler, the uh, Happy Madison uh, co-founder or founder, and uh, they produced Home Team. Recent, recently, the number one film on Netflix, and it's going, <laughs> going well. Huge movie that you're in. Yeah, I know. It's a blockbuster. Thank you. I, I just never. Mask off, buddy. I, I never get back end money from any of your movies. Why? <laughs> why, why? Why is I. I Those don't... are the best moments in your career. When you get the phone call, guess what's in the mail? <laughs> Four years later, and they slip you, you know, two, three hundred bucks. What's the biggest check you ever received back end of a movie? I don't know. I, I re really uh, like it. Just kind of, I get these calls out of nowhere just like hey you got a big check the other day from 51st days so i'm like really i'll take that and then uh, right when i'm about to grab it the wife's hand goes boom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does, does your wife open up the mail yeah she does and leaves it out for me and i don't ever don't ever open it I, i'm terrified of mail lately because i think i probably got hit with some Crazy people told me they were going to slit my throat or something. <laughs> so I go, yeah, you know what? I don't need to wait, see wait. what people are sending me. Wait, have you been threatened before? I don't remember. But yeah, a few times. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, and you get past it. You go, Dan, Dan, you just give a trap flex? Um, No, I get security. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I, I get the police involved in I it. I got that. The FBI involved in it. But, yeah, me too. but who would have a problem with you? Well, it's not people who... who, who it doesn't happen that often, but when it has happened, it's usually nicer people who want to step it to the next. They want to get to the next uh, level. <laughs> they would. They they feel like we'd be better off if we were married, and I have to tell them I'm already married and oh, they, uh, oh that so, kind of stuff. Oh, so women. See, I get guys. I get some guys. I get guys <laughs> who want to get married. Everybody likes. Getting I get married. more guys than you do. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a sports show. But okay, after the wedding singer. Yes. Like you. Okay, I can yeah. see where women could fall in love with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just I seem very patient. You know who uh, I was discussing? <laughs> my wife always tells me my uh, she misses, you know who she misses most? The first six months, Adam, when we were dating. She's uh, like, that guy was incredible. <laughs> that guy was amazing. And I say, yeah, that guy was. He but, was but really... you're an actor. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that I can good. bring it back. It comes back like uh, right now I'm doing good. I'm solid as a rock. Yeah, right but you've there. been in Hawaii shooting a movie, so you just got home. Yeah, but even on the phone, I was oh, fantastic. Really? Yeah, yeah you got to work the phone and even stay hot, high, good level of sweetness. And, uh, yeah, my, my wife like, thinks I'm great right now. But it's you fantastic. give good phone. I have in the past uh, not been perfect. I've, had, I've been quick. You go quick on the phone, and then you find yourself, you get another call. And you go, that was a too, it was too quick. <laughs> so we, we need more phone. Do, do you ever time it? Like, yeah, because I remember calling in when I'd be on the road. And this yeah. is when my wife was there with four kids, really young. And I'm going to a steakhouse, you know, I'm right, going to, right, right, to yeah. Morton's or Wolfgang's or something. <laughs> and I have to downplay. She goes, well, you know, what are you doing tonight for dinner? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, probably. That's funny. Probably man. get something, you know, like an in and out or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. but, but you have to downplay. Time, I, I, I'm the other way, man, because I don't do anything. You know me. I don't leave too much. And my wife, like it was um, Chris Rock's birthday uh, yesterday and I, or two, two days ago, and I just got home and 
Uh, and I would, and I was hanging out with my wife and my kids, and I said, I'm walk, taking a walk with my wife, and I say, yeah, it's Rock's birthday. She goes, it's, I know. I said, they're, they're having a dinner for Rock. But I, and she goes, you're skipping that? And I said, I can't. I, I, I just got home. She goes, you got to go to Rock's. What, what's the matter with you? So she's kind of cool with okay. saying, stop being so psychotic and thinking you got to be home. And then I went and hung out with Rock for 20 minutes, and it was fun. But how much do you act at home? Zero. Hey, uh, I, 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 I kind of like, uh, I don't know what happened, man. I used to be like the, the, the man everyone loved to see in the house. <laughs> and like, yeah, I was so funny. Now it's just, I, I got to get something new going at home. They're not laughing as much as they used to, the kids. They, they, they're on the phone talking to other kids. I come in and score. I get a big laugh from the children. I'm like, oh, they like me again. And then I see them drift off. Into you know what you need? You need a writer for your at-home dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not Fritzy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, certainly no. not. No, no, not, not, not Fritzy. Um, <laughs> did you ever wake up in the middle of the night and write down things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a thing of notes on my uh, phone. It says notes, and I write a mil. I got a million notes. In fact, so many that I lose track of what what I was talking about. I don't. I go kind of like six words of what the joke would be. And I say this, this, and this, and uh, and I get it. And the next few days, I'm excited about it. But when I look at it a year later, I'm I'm like, oh, man, I don't know, I'm not sure what I was talking about. Best idea you ever had in the middle of the night? Like, I can't remember. A movie? Did a movie? I mean, a lot of a lot of things happen in the middle of the night. A lot of my jokes. Oh, okay. That I wake up and write down, <laughs> and a lot of my songs and stuff. I I write down, or I come up with a melody in the middle of the night, and I'll do the. Uh, uh, I'll sing into the phone and or I'll, or I'll grab a guitar and play something, that kind of thing. Middle of the night. Middle of the night, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Adam Sandler, comedian, yeah. founder of Happy Madison Productions, and uh, they produced Home Team. Yeah. That's the uh, Sean did see, Payton. Did you see it yet? Day. Yes, I did. You were solid as a rock yeah. again. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you're shooting a movie with uh, Aniston? Jenner Anderson says hello. Yes. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, we've gone past the hello stage no, okay, of our so relationship. Just the other day on the set. By the way, I just saw how I look. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, used to, to... I used to be so good looking. What happened to you? I don't you? know. I, it's when pathetic. do you think it went bad? The beard is helping so much with protecting uh, the neck swing. But the. Uh, the when did face... it start to go south? About 10 years ago, I started getting some rosacea on the face. <laughs> I, I got red red crap on my face. I'd be like, what happened, man? Actually, blended. Blended. And that's when it went bad. I was down in, I was in Africa, and I kept saying to my makeup girl, what are you putting on there? You're ruining my face. And then I'd look in the mirror, I'd go, what are you doing? You're putting some weird stuff on me. And she's like, I'm using what I always use. I go, no, you're not. And I kept getting closer to the mirror. I was like, what the hell are you doing to me? And then I swear to God, like three days later, I kept going, what is this new crap? And then I, and she's like, it's your face now. You changed. I was like, I did. In there. Uh, okay, so right. Aniston, you were... Getting we, we were talking. She was dancing the other day on the set. And this is like a week ago. And I said, "What is it? Where did you do that dance?" She goes, "I did it in Just Go With It when I when I was on stage with Nicole." I go, oh, "That's right." And I go, "And Dan Patrick." She goes, <laughs> "And Dan Patrick." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew that. Would yeah. Make me happy. Well, she called me the sports guy. Yeah, that's better. You're Dan Patrick. I know, now. but I didn't want to be just the sports guy. And you know, Nick Schwartzen <laughs> went to yoga with her.
Yeah, Nick scores and, and, very tight with her. And he is not a team player. Now, he didn't try to bring you into yes, that. Yes, I would have done yoga. You would have crushed it. I would have done yoga. Nobody's a better yoga guy or runner than you. Yeah, but then we get done with yoga, yeah. and then they went and had, did shots. He, he didn't invite you? They did a shot? They were doing shots. And, and Danny P was not invited. Because he was embarrassed you could put, put him. Oh, I know that. Beat him. <laughs> Not many I, can beat Swartzen, and you, uh, you got that. I did, but that's I always love that Sandler has only one piece of advice. Don't end up in the news on your set. Like, just don't do anything stupid. Don't get arrested. And, uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> I used to say that, yeah. yeah that's... Have you ever been arrested? Not fully arrested. Uh, I got, oh, I got arrested when I came out to, uh, I was living in Van Nuys. I was 22. I was driving, got pulled over for speeding. I do that a lot. I calm down a little bit, but I, I, I don't speed as much. My wife, I drove her Tesla the other night. Those things are f very fast, uh -huh. but I didn't get caught. But um, when I was 22, I got a, pulled over Van Nuys Boulevard. I was doing uh, doing uh, some whatever he calls license and registration, and I forgot my license at home. And he goes, I got to take you. And so I was in a holding cell for, for about four hours before my dumb, dumb friends picked me up. But some guy, all I remember is one guy kept saying, I like those sneakers to me. And I said, yeah, yeah, he wanted, and he wanted my sneakers. And I was playing it tough. I was like, yeah, yeah, I like them too, or something like that. I kind of like them myself. <laughs> yeah, man, they're staying on the feet. But you haven't been pulled over since you became famous. Uh, yeah, I have, but the guys are nice to me sometimes. sometimes. Autographs? Yeah, no. Have you no. put anybody Warnings. in a picture? <laughs> that, way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I got pulled over one time when I was shooting the longest yard by a cop with a mustache. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. Are you going to watch the game on Sunday? Very excited about that. I, I, uh, my friend Steve Behrens, the guy you've met him over the years, he does all the animal training. Uh, on all, he does all our dogs and everybody in the movie. He's the biggest Bengals fan and has been talking Bengals literally since I know him for like, he did Little Nicky, so I know him that long. Oh, wow. And he was always like, well, the Bengals this year and blah, blah, blah. And this year he's like, I never heard this guy so excited. So even though I, I live in Los Angeles, I'm, I have a, my heart is pulling for, and Bobby Boucher is probably uh, connected with the uh, Bengals quarterback. Love. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of. Are you hosting a party? Uh, I'm sure that we'll do it at my house and people will show up. I have no idea, man. <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, the only thing is, is I I just came home from Hawaii and I got to go to uh, France for another f f uh, part of Murder Mystery too. So like I got kind of got to hang with the family okay. a little bit. So whatever they say, I'm gonna do. Don't take your shirt off and go swimming again like you did in <laughs> Spain. <laughs> I, I had, I had, my wife saw the picture and she goes, have you seen Adam with his shirt off? And I go, I don't, I don't think so. And she goes, well, here it is. Yeah. And I'm yeah. thinking you're texting yeah. my wife and you know, oh. sending pictures. <laughs> and I'm going, what do you got? And you had your shirt off. My shirt You off. had no idea that the Thank paparazzi you. was around. No. Snuck up on me. I was enjoying my enjoying my swim with Lochran of all people. And Joe Vesey, who can't swim. Oh. One of the grossest things I've ever seen. I videoed the end of it. I'll send it to you sometime. <laughs> Joe Vesey 
dog paddling in the Mediterranean. My shirt's off. That's that's not great looking. But Joe Bessie dog paddling was awful. And he was like, I never learned to swim. I didn't need to. I never needed that. And He's a comedian, Joe. Yeah, guy yeah. Got Peter Bessie's kid. Yeah, yeah Peter yeah. Bessie, longtime yeah. NBA. Guy. By the way, did you like the Grateful Dead growing up? Did, you, did, did anyone here like the Dead? No. So you didn't like them. But when you listen to them now, you know they're, they're great. I, ap I appreciate longevity. Yes. I, I, but I was just not a, uh, I'm not a jam band. I, you know, as, you, as you get older, though, you realize how awesome that is. You know, I, when I was, I didn't listen, I list, I list Fire on the Mountain. You know that one? Lightning in the Air? Uh, no, is that what it is? no, no. Fire but... on the Mountain. Lightning that's in the out. Air. Western. No, it's not. Who no. got Marshall Tucker Band? Don't they oh, do Oh, okay. Fire? Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right, but this is this is whatever. The dead's good, but every cool kid in school had a dead uh, shirt. No, was that your era too, or is that? I was uh, more Zeppelin in the Stones. We had Zeppelin in the Stones. How about you guys? Did you have a T-shirt? I had Hall and Oates and Run DMC and Beastie Boys T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all. Awesome, that's as far as I got. Yeah, boys, those, nothing. Those badasses Hall and Oates. Uh, okay, Danette's got one question each. Is that okay? Yeah. Because yeah, normally, yeah, they only get one. All right. That's enough. Yeah, Paulie, your one question for uh, Adams. All right, I'm going to go a little heavy. Um, mm. In the movie Funny People, you are going to sleep, and Seth Rogen is talking to you. Yeah. And you said something, the lines like, Truman, trying to make my dad laugh for 40 years. Still yeah. trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that come at all from your real life growing up with your dad? That was, I think, that was uh, Apatow, man. I, I, my dad laughed, loved me. My dad, I mean, my dad was tough on me, too, but but he loved me, and he, he, he was my number one uh laughing fan my father used to call me up if i did good on saturday night live and had a, a skit kill i'd be walking by which wasn't every time but when i if i had a skit kill i'd be walking by the page desk after and that one of the pages would go adam 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 and i'd be like hello and i'd hear that a baby <laughs> uh, he loved, oh, yeah awesome. so he was tight my dad loved my stuff uh, I love seat, me. Seaton, your question for uh, Salmon. This one might also be a little too personal, but we were just sort of talking about it earlier. When you get a big check like that, is that direct deposit or is it actually a oh. check that you have to sign and deposit yourself? Oh, yeah. It, goes to, it just goes to the, to the people. It does. They, they, <laughs> it just they, immediately they, dispersed. They put it in there. I don't even get the joy of it. I get rare joy calls every, like... <laughs> Six months, I check in and I go, "How's the Sandman doing?" <laughs> and then they go, "Oh, Sandman's all right." And I go, "Okay, all right, good, all right." Sandman getting back to his day. <laughs> but do you get do you get a to a point where it doesn't matter? Like it's, it does it's, matter, but it doesn't matter what you're making. Uh, no, I, I don't even think I don't think too much about that stuff. My I know the the family's good. The wife. Is into that stuff. My, what would my you brother's buy? Into that what would stuff. you want to buy that you don't have? I don't know, but I got a I got a condo in Maui. That was like a great move. I was down in uh, I was for the pandemic. I was in Maui, and I was having the uh, I, we we rented a, a a place for a week, and then two weeks, and then three weeks because the yeah. pandemic. And then uh, finally, uh, uh, we, I was like, I, th I think we'd be better off to buy buy this place, man. <laughs> we, we're dropping a lot on this rental, and so then we bought the joint. And it's like the best place. Though. And it's just one the, bedroom, one bath. Thanks. <laughs> it's 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 not huge, but it's 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 not tiny. But what a hang! Kids get to hang, hang with their friends. It's you go and golf all day long. I got, I'm into golf now. I know you sent me videos. You look like, but but it, you, you fit, look like you were lonely. 
I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't golf with too many people. But, but, but when I go, uh, I have so like maybe five good holes in a row, and then it goes bad, and then it comes back. Do people expect you to be Happy Gilmore? I have to. I get called out literally. If I go to a new place, it's a guarantee on the opening tee where I'm being, it's just a, people come forward, they're like looking, I'm like, I got to do this and do this, the Gilmore swing and move on. Uh, Todd, your question for uh, one, from one comedian to another. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. How's that going? <laughs> it's not. It's not going. And, it's and not. They just can't giggle okay, enough about it. Now, this is, Todd doesn't want you and Spade and Schneider to write him like, like no, but you have to explain why, because I feel like it's like something, especially since I'm so rookie and beginner at this, that it should be something that I come up with so I could feel like I can actually write and perform jokes. Like, I feel like it would be cheating. He doesn't want to take your material. If you would write something for him, he would rather bomb with his stuff. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? At least in the beginning. And then like and then when you're a big shot, then you could have a team of writers, and it doesn't matter who came up with the joke. Down the line. Yeah, but they don't see they don't see me down the line with anything. But but that's like saying if you were going to be um, I don't know a great hitter, and then you had a batting coach. Do you not have a batting coach that's to help true. you as a hitter? That's true. Yeah, so I mean, why not just have someone kind of giving you tips? Well, maybe 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 getting a few. If somebody gave you a gem of a joke, say these guys dropped you a killer joke, and it, it makes the crowd excited. They would never give me a good joke. They, they want me to bomb. <laughs> so like, oh, no, 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 no. We want you. We want to laugh. We were. No, at, they're they are in pain when you're up. It's when painful. we went to Caroline's and he got up there. Yeah, it's, it wasn't good. It's but, terrifying. But you know what? But he's up there doing but, it. Wait, but, but Adam. Because, no, yeah. we have we have sound. This is actual sound from Caroline's after Todd told a joke. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. It's <laughs> no. not necessary. Is that necessary? It's very necessary. But, but the balls. What about the, that agony what I'm saying of the is, silence? Right, it hurts, the, huh? The fa oh, terrible. I just wanted there to be a trap door to fall down. But the it's fact of the matter way. is, whether I bombed or they threw tomatoes at me, they booed me, cursed me, or whatever it is, the yeah. fact that Dan pulled some strings and you guys, because of my affiliation with the show, that I got to be, even for one time yeah. at the comedy store. And, oh, that's cool. You know, and at Caroline's, where the yeah. greats, even though, you know, I'm not like any of them, but just that I had a chance to yes, go to the show. Yes, cool. yes, I think there might be a compromise here. Okay. Yeah. What if Todd wrote five minutes, right, on his own, mm -hmm. that he came up with, okay. and then somebody, whether it's yourself or another professional, edited it? And said, well, this joke, if you want the punchline to be better, you have to do it this way or something. Maybe, that, maybe it was more edited. That, 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 that's that different. People giving you thoughts of why, why uh, maybe this could be fun or, or maybe you got to get to it quicker. A lot like. of times in the beginning, and I still have this problem, I would babble too much to get to what I thought was funny. Because you're so nervous, your head is spinning on the stage, crowds watching you, that you're, 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 they're judging you, you see that you're losing them, they're starting conversations, and you're, you're panicked, and your head's spinning, and you don't get out the way you did it in the bedroom earlier, right? But, totally. but maybe there's that way uh, uh, a guy who's been doing it a while could say, you know, you could just get to this real quick. And their quick. point, and rightfully so, is I'll make certain observations, but there's not necessarily a joke or a punchline there. It's like funny. almost like a Seinfeldy kind of thing, but right. he's actually funny. I'm like, you know, well, this he, happens, I point out things that have happened in my life that we could overlook to but there still has to be a joke at the end i think it's just about landing on what what the the last 
bit of what you're talking about to make sure you're telling the audience this is the funny part. Well, the problem is it's observational. It's not observational humor. Okay. So, All right, well, that's the well maybe that's good for you. Maybe you're going to do a drama eventually. You're going to write a drama and show, show well, that's observational. Where, that, that's where you and Rock and the guys come in. I have the observation, and then they can bring the actual We'll give you the ending. Yes, Seton. Maybe Todd is uh, less Chris Rock and more like David Sedaris, right? David Sedaris? David, David Sedaris. Sedaris, yeah. He, uh, where it's sort of observational and just really funny stories, and telling funny stories is great, but there's not always a punchline there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your question for Sam? He's being new. He's coming up with his own way. Exactly. Uh, my question, I know you're a huge <laughs> basketball fan, so yes. if you're on the playgrounds in Brooklyn or wherever you want to be, yes. Your past and present, you can pick four guys to play with. You're putting a team together, and not necessarily the best team ever, the four you past and present would love to be on the same team with on the playgrounds or wherever you'd want to play basketball. When I used to play at Rucker Park, no, uh, uh, <laughs> I would go, I would say if I was just showing up, well, I've got to pick Wancho. Wancho's on my team. Because he's my friend. And he's in the movie that's coming out this and he, summer. And he, yes, and you're in that too. But if it's just like normal people or like no, I mean, stud guys. NBA play, I mean, Dr. Like J uh, coming up will be fun. Um, who else? Bernard? Bernard King? Bernard King, yeah. Bernard King would be fun. Uh... I like to. Well, you you you're a passer. You're a playmaker. I like to get it to other people so, so they finish. Kobe, so, Jordan. I, they, I'll get it to those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun too. That'd be a good good moment right yeah, there. Yeah. I did show up with some guys in my life though, some killers that I got to. I lucked out. By the way, I had this terrible groin injury when I was sh shooting a hustle. Who has a good groin injury? <laughs> I got a bad groin injury. Well, there's a painful groiner. And then there's the one that you, I couldn't even walk. I stepped out of the car with Lochran, my buddy. I get out of the car. I go, he's parking the car. I go, I'll meet you in the restaurant. I get out of the car. He pulls away. All of a sudden, I was standing in the middle of the road. I go, I can't take a step. And the cars are going by. And I'm like, I can't, I can't walk right now. My groin fell out of the slot. So I'm grabbing my leg and moving it. It was pathetic. But and even with the bad groin, some of the guys in the hustle, all these young guys that were going to play hoop, and they're all superstars in the NBA. And I was like, I can't miss that night. And I went and played with the bad groin and played very uh, slow. In fact, somebody showed me an article. And in the article, one of the guys who played against us, they said, how did Adam Sandler play? They go, he was all right. But when he left, that's when the game got going. <laughs> I was like, goodness gracious. I told these guys yeah. that this movie, Hustle, it's really good. Yeah, it's cool. It's really good, yeah. and you're going to fall in love with Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is so funny. Minnesota Timberwolves. He, yeah. He yeah. looks like he – it felt like he was an actor. He's he was a so, one handsome dude. He was so good in that role. But yeah, I, I absolutely. And yeah. that'll be out towards the NBA Finals. And Wancho's a 10, too. And, and Boban and, and all the guys in it are funny as hell and cool as hell. But, but um, that comes out in June. Okay. In June, yeah, yeah, around the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You're right, though. Anthony is funny as hell in it. Anything else to promote? 
No, no, but I'm happy to be here, and thanks. And, yeah, I got to do something about my face. I can't believe what I'm looking at. Yeah, you know it's what? I'm disgusting. I'm, I'm sort of with you now, the more nah, I've been looking nah, at nah, I used to. Look at that. Even that uh, shot is demented. Why didn't... Should have come, man. We should have just done a phone call. Should have been, been a Zoom. Just a Zoom. Gone Zoom. Zoom's foggy Zoom. enough to get away with me. Thank you, Sam. Pathetic. Man. I love you. Love right. you. Good to see you guys. Have a good Super Bowl. We're back after this. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Drew Brees will be part of the NBC team. He was the MVP of Super Bowl 44, now part of the NBC Sports Super Bowl pregame show that will start on Sunday. That's a long day for you, Drew. Uh, are you ready? How do you prepare for something like this? We've uh, been spent a lot of yesterday at SoFi, and we'll spend a lot of the next two days there as well, just going through the sets and rehearsals and uh, everything that we want to talk about and cover for uh, for the fans tuning in prior to the game and during halftime and postgame. Tougher to prepare for a Super Bowl playing or as a broadcaster? <laughs> I'd much rather be playing in it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's certainly butterflies both ways. You know, um, it was uh, un- uncharted territory the first time we we played in the Super Bowl, um, and so you're, you know, you're trying to navigate what your process is going to be for those two weeks. You know, the first week is spent at home, and then the second week, you know, at the host site, and, and ours was in Miami, so it was a pretty crazy atmosphere. Um, but felt like we managed it well, and, and obviously had a had a had a big had a big win against the Colts. Um, but uh, but yeah, here, I mean, look, the weather's cooperating. This is about as beautiful as, as you could you could ever imagine down here in Southern California, LA, for this week. Um, I know the COVID uh, um, you know still lingers a little bit, so it's not maybe as crazy as as it normally would be, you know, at a Super Bowl host site. But uh, certainly feels like everybody's having a good time though. When you run into Peyton Manning, what's the conversation like? Well, we did have a bet uh, not too long ago on the Purdue-Tennessee Music City Bowl game. (laughs) Um, And and initially that was, it was, all right, you know, what what are we going to bet? All right, let's do a nice, crisp $100 bill with the other guy's signature on it, you know, sent in the mail. And Purdue won that game in, like, triple overtime it was a crazy game probably one of the better bowl games that we saw and uh i, I hadn't received my hundred bucks yet so i'm like peyton what's the deal <laughs> I, I said i said now you either send me the hundred bucks or you take me duck hunting uh because i hear he's got a pretty good duck hunting spot so he's like all right deal so sounds like we're going duck hunting instead so i'll let you know how it goes have you ever brought up the super bowl that you played against him no no <laughs> That's that's uh, that's, that was that was a good memory for me. Maybe not for him. Um, Can you joke got, about he, it? Can you joke with him about beating him in a Super Bowl? I don't know if we're there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I I don't know if I would want that if I were on the other side. <laughs> um, 
but uh, no, we, we've got a great relationship and, and we've, we've, we've had fun. I, I, I made an appearance on the, uh, on the Peyton and Eli broadcast uh, this year. We didn't, we didn't talk Super Bowl, but we talked a bunch of other stuff. Were you aware that Sean Payton was going to start the second half of the Super Bowl with an onside kick? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we knew, we knew that from the start of the week, uh, he had given it a nickname. So the name of the play was ambush rightfully named. And he basically said, it's not a matter of if we're going to call this it's when. And so from the very beginning, he set the tone that, you know, don't get nervous. Don't get tight as to whether we're going to call us. We are, and it has to work when we do because we're going to have to steal a possession in this game if we want to win. We knew the firepower that was on the other side of the ball with Peyton Manning. And if you recall, they jumped out to a 10-0 lead after the first two drives. Um, and then we settled it down and brought it to 10-6 to, to to by halftime. Got a couple field goals. And then here we are kicking the ball off to them in the second half and felt like they'll never expect it. And sure enough, they did it, and we got it, and worked out well. Okay, but – you're planning he's going to do this to, to start the second half or at some point there's going to be an onside kick yeah so he we didn't know when okay. but, but he said we are going to call this in the game like it, it's going to happen so so stay ready stay ready be ready and so we go in at halftime and super bowl halftime is, takes forever right it's twice as long as a normal halftime maybe 40 minutes so you know we we, we go in and literally before we can take our pads off and uh, start getting ready for the second half. He says, "Hey, ambush is coming!" And so all of a sudden, it just starts spreading through the locker room. You know, like <laughs> ambush is coming, ambush is coming. You know, and so there was this level of excitement. Uh, you know, to start that second half. You know, we're we're taking we're supposed to be taking off our pads and eating turkey sandwiches and just you know, kind of kicking our feet up. Um, but all of a sudden, it just it just changed the mood a bit. Wait, you're eating at halftime? Well, like I said, normally you would. Normally you're just in there, maybe quick snack adjustments, boom, you're out the door. It's like a 12 minute halftime. But I mean, now with the, the halftime show and just everything that's taking place, it's that's that's as much a part of the spectacle as, as as the game. So you you have a lot of time, and they tell you don't get don't get too worked up. You know, kick your feet up, take your pads off, get a bite to eat. It's going to be a while. If you could give advice to Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford, you had to pick one. Who would you who would you think could use <laughs> use your advice on Sunday? Well, I'm sure it's Joe Burrow um, because you know Stafford has McVay and the Rams who have who were there a few years ago, right? So at least there's some uh, experience as to what that schedule was in the process and just uh, maybe how to handle it from a quarterback's perspective. Um, listen, on the flip side, I mean Joe Burrow's played a bunch of big games and national championships and um you know but but i i'd say just being being a young player especially once you begin to you know feel what the routine is of uh, a regular season game a playoff game you know the super bowl super bowl is totally different from the perspective of the week of preparation that that's really i think that's really where you just have to formulate your plan and your process because it is a it is a it is a long two weeks and it's one of those where it's easy to get distracted. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, even it's the little things like who you're getting tickets for the game, right? Everybody's reaching out to you wanting tickets, and you got to. So my, my advice was always, and I, I received this from other people was, get all the tickets situated by Monday, 
Tuesday's media day, like embrace the media day, like have fun with that because whether you like it or not, you know, that's an obligation. So enjoy it. Opportunity to talk about you and your team. If you're going to do a, a, a dinner with your, your teammates, which is what we would do every week during the season, we would usually do it on Thursday night. Well, don't do it on Thursday night. Cause where are you going to go and be able to have a nice dinner without just, uh, you know, a ton of distractions. So we did that earlier in the week. So Monday night in South beach, we all went out as like an offense and had the greatest dinner ever. I mean, it was like a night to remember. But it then just allowed us to kind of put that behind us and, all right, here we go. You know, we're going to we're, – we're focused on the game now. What made it the uh, greatest greatest dinner? Well, because Coach Payton was paying for it. Because <laughs> Coach Payton gave me his credit card and said, y'all have a good time. Because we had been bugging him all, all year. Because, you know, I, I, was, I was paying for a lot of them and then some of the veteran guys – and um, and and so we had bu been bugging Sean, like Sean, when are you gonna buy a dinner for for the old line, you know? And he's like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. And finally, we make to the Super Bowl, like Sean, this is it, like you, you have to buy this one because you 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 missed all the others. And he's like, all right, here's my credit card. He literally gave me his credit card. I'm like, this is dangerous, Coach. We're going to South Beach, you know that, right? So we go to, uh, I think we go to Joe's, uh, and we get we get so many of those like snow crab claws yeah. you know like like yeah, which are like 90 bucks a pop right i mean we had like platters of these things spread you know spread out what was um, the tab how much did it come to drew it was it was it it was probably 25 25 grand <laughs> It was, it was it was easy, but here's what happened. You can ask Sean about this. So, I I felt guilty. I felt guilty about it. So I I, I ended up splitting the tab with him. <laughs> I pulled my credit card out. I'm like, all right, just split it between these two, you know. Um, but yeah, we we crushed it. It was fun. He's uh, Drew Brees. He's uh, joining us on behalf of NBC, uh, their pregame show, and also uh, PointsBet, the official sports betting partner of NBC Sports. How aware were you of the point spread when you played in games? You know what? N never, ne never really. But, but that Super Bowl, it's funny because Sean, Sean was looking for every way to – you know, try to give us confidence, you know, going into that game. You know, that's, that season for the Colts was an unbelievable season. I mean, they were really like an undefeated team. Um, it, it, they were 14-2, and two, but they had really lost their last two games on purpose. <laughs> if, if you recall, they, they would play their starters for the first half and then sit them for the last two years or the last uh, two games. Because yeah. you remember what happened – in some of the previous years where, you know, I kind of, they felt that pressure of like the undefeated seasons in 2004 and five and others. So, so, so they were really like an undefeated team when we played them. And, and so there, there was this feeling like, man, these guys are unbeatable. And, or at least that's, I think what, what the media and, and everybody wanted to, to try to communicate. And so I think for us, it was like, listen, Sean's like, I think, I think we're the better team. And, and here's, and here's, and here's why. And, and here's what, America thinks too. I think the point spread early in the week was maybe like 10 points and then it crept down to nine and eight and seven. And by game time, it was like five and a half or something like that. Um, but bottom line, it was, it was, it was trickling down in our favor. And I think he wanted to show that, that, you know what, it's not just the guys in this room that believe this, like you have the power of, 
the Houdat Nation, you have the power of this, the, the, the country, too, feeling like, you know what, there's something special with you guys. Like, you guys can do this. What bothers you more? Do, does it bother you that the Bengals are Houdet and the Saints were Houdat? Let's clear this up. You got a problem with the Bengals? No, no. I, I, like, I like our chant better than theirs. Okay. You know, who that, who that, who that said they're going to beat them Saints. Um, you know, there, there's obviously a little like Cajun, you know, Southeast Louisiana uh, kind of slang with that, right? And and what helped me out is who they, who they, who they, and it's not who they going to beat them Bengals or how do they, how, how exactly do they say it? And then it's nobody, right? You like that. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I love – I love when you have chants and stuff that the, the fans can do in the stadium yeah. that gets it riled up. Like we, we uh, Tariq and I broadcast the, the wild card game at Cincinnati uh, when they played the Raiders. And that was my first time hearing it in the stadium. And I was like, I love it. I love it. That's, that's similar to what we do in the Superdome to get everybody rocking before the game. So I love that. Just like you're in Kansas City and the home of the – Chiefs, right? Like just stuff that <laughs> stuff that bring hey, stuff that brings the fans together. I love it. Yeah. Uh points bet, the official sports betting partner of NBC Sports, the only sports book to offer live in-game, same game parlay options for the big game. Available in ten states, recently launched in New York and Pennsylvania. Which one of uh Brady's records bothers you the most that he took from you? <laughs> oh man. Um I'm, I'm um, let's see. Did he? He took the he took the completions record. That's all right. He can have that. Um, took the yards record, right? He he had he had the touchdowns already. He he's lucky. I got hurt for <laughs> for uh, nine games. Aaron Donald, you know, messed up this thumb. Was out for five, and then one of his teammates. It was actually uh, William Golston. He sagged me. He's the one who who fractured all those ribs to start, and then. And then one of those D linemen from the Niners fractured the other three. Yeah. Um, the next week, so he his teammate helped him out, honestly, <laughs> uh, or else I I would have I might have I might have had the touchdown record. Um, you think Brady? You think Brady's done? He said, "Never say never." Oh, he left the door open. Obviously, look, there is a. Um, it'll always live with us. All right. It'll always live with us. Um, I mean, look, there's if you if you told me right now, like if one of these teams is something happened to the quarterback and they're like, hey, we need a quarterback to play. We come in and play. I'd play. I'd play in a second. Um, just you just you're wired that way, man. You're wired. Yeah. But Sean reached um, out to you this season. How close were you to coming back and playing for the same? I was very close. I was very close. I was very close to coming back and playing for that one game. I mean, there, there was some, there was some other factors and other circumstances, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it always, it always lives inside you, uh, that fire, and and I think you're just, you're just wired a certain way, and I think you can just, you can flip the switch, you can flip the switch. So uh, you find other ways. I think that's what's hard about retirement is you have to find other ways to channel that competitive drive and that fire, right? Um, and and I, I wouldn't say that's been easy, you know, but it's it's just it's the way we're wired, and that's what we have to find. Thanks again for uh, joining us this season. Have fun on Sunday, and don't think about the number of people watching you. 
it's only it's only like you know yeah, it's, it's only, like, only like half a, only like half a billion <laughs> yeah. it's not a whole billion like it's just a half a billion <laughs> and, and you know what nobody's going to be on twitter nobody's going to be judging you don't worry about it just have fun that's exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have fun talk ball make 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 fun make, make fun of uh <laughs> make fun of what i see yeah. no it'll be fun uh thanks again it's great to see you and uh thanks again for joining us you too, Dan. Thanks. That's Drew Brees, a uh, former Saints quarterback, Super Bowl 44 MVP, and the uh, pregame festivities uh, starting, uh, it says, uh, the pregame show at 1 Eastern on Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We had Ed Orgeron, a former LSU head coach. He was also a coach at USC, great recruiter, one of the best recruiters in the sport. And uh, Coach O came in a couple of days ago, and I started the interview by first having, lis- having him listen to Mark Sanchez, the former USC quarterback, his impression of Coach Ed Orgeron. Answer it if you were Coach O talking about Joe Burrow. Well, Joe, <laughs> number one, go Tigers. And Joe, he got the eye of the tiger. He got a heart like a lion. And he love him some gumbo. <laughs> it's pretty good. What do you think? What a go. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Uh, you know, when you walk down the street, let's say Los Angeles, what do people say to you here? Coach O, what do you say, man? How you doing? Yeah. A great reception. I love Los Angeles. Spent 11 years here at USC. Great time for us. What do you miss most? You know, I miss the weather. I miss the people. I love the people here in Los Angeles. I, I had a blast. I thought USC was a first-class program. I love working there, the Coliseum, the games, the recruiting. I recruited all of Southern California, get to meet, meet the people. I've been at almost every high school in Southern California. Great people down there. How did you close? Yeah. Um, if I'm a recruit, yeah, how would you close me in the you know, old days? Here's here's the deal, okay? Manhattan Beach Sunday morning. Me and Pete would bring you down to the Strand. Pete Carroll. Yes, we'd have breakfast in the Strand overlooking Manhattan Beach, and then I would take a personal walk with each recruit down the pier and have a little talk with them. And I say, you know what? Check this out. You come to USC, you could be like, there's Kobe Bryant's house. There's this movie star's house, this movie star's house. Now, I don't know if they live there, but it damn sounded good. <laughs> do you lie to recruits? You know what? I, 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 basically, I do a good job of listening to what they want. They will tell you. And I learned if you're a good listener, recruits will tell you what they want, and then you can deliver what they want. 
But name, image, and likeness, how is that going to change recruiting? Well, it's going to be the, the number one factor, I believe, in where uh, players go to school. And uh, you better have your stuff together. You better have a lot of money ready, and you better have a system. Okay. What do you think was available at Texas A&M when, uh, <laughs> when Jimbo Fisher got all upset where they had the number one recruiting class, yeah, and he made yeah. it seem like this had nothing to do with yeah. any of that oil money down there? Well, obviously, uh, I'm, I don't know. And I think those guys busted their tail recruiting because I know those guys, and I think they do that. But I do believe that it was a big factor, and I do believe you got to compliment them. They must have had a great system on how to get it done. And uh, because the players are going to go where they're going to make the most money. Can you have a slush fund? You know, here, here's, it's illegal so to say uh, you're not supposed to be able to direct the name, image, and lightning, according to the NCAA. But I do believe there's some backdoor policies going on. <laughs> <laughs> that the guys that really, the guys that are doing a great job have a great plan. What was the craziest recruiting story you ever heard? Oh, my Lord. I got a bunch of them. Yo, one time. No names, no names. No, no one time we, we had a recruit. I was at I was at the University of Mississippi. We had a recruit that was committed to us. And we couldn't get in touch with him. And all of a sudden, on the last night that we could go visit him, I had already, go, I already visited him. I had sent like nine of my coaches to his house. And Mississippi State was at his house. And it was a big deal. And they was calling me and stuff like that. I said, Coach, we can't get in there. I said, keep on fighting, keep on fighting. Well, I stayed to midnight, and that was it. Well, the next day was a dead period. We couldn't get in contact with the young man. They hit him in a church, <laughs> in the back of a church. He didn't go to school. They hit him Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, obviously, he didn't sign with us. <laughs> Who broke your heart? Is there one that stands out? Oh, Adrian Peterson. Oh. Man, I loved him. I loved Adrian. Oklahoma better offered a better package no, it, to him. It, this this is a true story. We go we go down to see Adrian, me and Pete, and uh, his mother ran track at I think it was at Houston. Wonderful lady. And Adrian and I had a great relationship. He loved Pete Carroll, but I felt like he and I were very tight. One time he says, Coach, uh, I went to school, he says, Coach, I want you to follow me. I couldn't I couldn't drive with him. We went thirty miles. I said, I don't know where we're going. We stopped at this little country store, and he bought a gingerbread cookie. I couldn't buy it for him for supper. And then we went to a basketball game. And we sat in the, sat in the, in the gym, and I said, what are we doing? He said, you see that guard right there? I got to play him next week. Coach, come and scout him. How about that? <laughs> then he, I said, well, Adrian, what is the key to getting you here at USC. He says, Coach, well, Bob Stoops, my dad is incarcerated. Bob Stoops won't see him. Well, me and Pete Carroll tried to go get him and to go see him. They wouldn't let us in. But Adrian said, Coach, my dad is be able to watch my games where he's at. Well, if I go to Oklahoma, I tried to get the guy transferred to Los Angeles. <laughs> Wait, you tried to get Adrian's dad? Daddy. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, I competed. I competed. Couldn't get it done, but I competed. He's uh, Ed Orgeron, the uh, former head coach at LSU. Why aren't you coaching? Well, I want to take a year off. Uh, you know, I 
Think about this. I've been going to a university since I started college for 42 years. All right. I wanted to take I wanted to take one year off, settle down, let the dust settle. I have three great sons. In fact, my twins, their birthday today, Parker and Cody, they're 24 years old. They all want to coach. My oldest son, Tyler, is 29. Uh, we're trying to get them analyst job, get them in college, because they will all go be with me. So there's a little adjustment there. We got one settled. Uh, one's going to take the year off, and one's going to try to get in the NFL. So I, I wanted to spend my time working with them, settle down, and then see what's available for me next year. Was LSU fair to you? Yes. I do believe that. Hey, listen, I, I left with LSU, no regrets. I knew one day that was going to happen. Look, hey, you can't have two losing seasons. Yeah. You know, at LSU, that, that, that's the standard. We set the standard at 15 and 0, and it wasn't there. But look, they gave me a, a great settlement. Uh, I don't have to work again in my life if I don't want. So they were very fair to me. What do you think of Brian Kelly's accent? I think um, I think I'm the only coach that didn't have to worry about an accent at LSU. I can tell you that. <laughs> Who was more important uh, when you were recruiting, uh, Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase? Well, both are different. You know, I think that uh, Jamar was committed to Florida. He was in the state of Louisiana. But I needed a quarterback. And uh, they, Joe set the tempo for everybody. So I got to say it's Joe. And, but that, that's a hard question. But when did you notice, though, that he had it? You know, so funny, Joe comes down and uh, he tells me, say, Coach, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear your recruiting game. I know you're a great recruiter. I don't need to hear it. I just want to talk football and eat crawfish. I said, okay. <laughs> I was kind of frustrated, to be honest with you. I couldn't I could get my claws on him, man. I, every time I was trying to get him, you know, uh, no, no, he won't talk. Um, hey, I never had a recruit didn't want to talk to the head coach. So we have a football meeting, and we had set up some plays that he had ran at Ohio State, some plays that we're going to run. His dad was in the meeting, Steve Benzbanger, who did a great job, offensive coordinator, George Munoz made the deal. Jerry Sullivan, 74 years old, had been in the NFL for years. I'm in there. And all of a sudden, we start watching the film. I start asking Joe's questions. And I figured out immediately that Joe was the smartest person in that room, including me, including all the coaches. And I was happy about it. And that showed me his football intelligence, what I saw in that meeting. Yeah. And as I, that's what you see today. Put that LSU team up against your best USC team. <laughs> Give me your best USC team. Yeah. Yeah, you know, 2003, 2004 was good teams. Okay. And we had some great defenses, man. Who wins? Uh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't say it. it. It'll be tight. It'll be a tight game. It's a different game nowadays. You know, we score more points. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or Reggie Bush? You know, I, I, I like Reggie, but what Joe Burrow did for us at LSU is the greatest player, in my, my opinion, in LSU history. And so, uh, Reggie. Uh, but, but to have a quarterback, to do what you – to me, I, I think to win the championship, you need a great quarterback. I learned that from Jimmy Johnson. Get a great quarterback who's smart and tough, get great defensive linemen. Do you ever get in a fight? On a recruiting trip? <laughs> like with another recruiter? <laughs> we had some battles. Uh, well, know, what do you mean? You know, we, we had some battles but, and never got in a fist fight. Well, I wanted to, though. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you want a piece of? You know, I, I got I to say, I got to tell you this story, man. This, this is a pretty cool story. We, uh, You know, I'm recruiting Sean Cody, USA defensive player, number one player in the country, Los Altos. 
you know, and uh, Hugh Jackson and I are commuting from Orange County. And he calls me Sunday night. He says, hey, man, what you got going? I said, I'm getting my, my visit ready for Sean Cody. He goes, oh, no, you're not. He said, we got to meet with uh, Mike Garrett tomorrow morning. I said, for what? He said, we're getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so we go there, and I'm sitting there, and, and Mike, you know, Mike said, you know, it didn't work out with Paul Hackett. Paul was great to me. <laughs> So uh, he says, listen, guys, look, I don't know what y'all want to do. I'm going to pay y'all. If you want to go look for jobs, go look for jobs. If you want to go recruit, go recruit. Well, I got a mentor here in town, uh, Brian Kennedy, and a uh, great man. I called him. He says, get your butt on the road recruiting right now. So I go to schools that day that they fired Paul Hackett. Coaches are laughing at my butt, okay? And I took it. I went to one school, and I'm not going to say the name, but it was it, he was a great recruiter at UCLA. He was a recruiting coordinator. And uh, the guy was not very good to me. Not very good to me. I left. I said, I'm going to get you back. I'm coming. And um, I became the recruiting coordinator. And uh, I, took, I took over Orange County, which, you know, is a, a, big, a big recruiting area. But I also took his area. <laughs> you took his paper route yeah he knew where i was at every day uh let's do the what is coach o benching these days <laughs> um paulie i'll start with you now this is one rep coach max one rep okay I, i'm gonna go 310 Ooh. i got a lot of confidence in him seaton o'connor uh man i'm gonna go no offense 290 290 Ooh. all right fritzy 340 was the first number to pop in my head. 340. I like okay. that. I'm going to go 325, Coach. You guys are there, man. You're right there. What do you got? I'm going to disappoint all of you. Okay? <laughs> and I hate to say this. I've got a torn rotator cuff. Oh. No. I haven't bench pressed in four years, believe it or not. And I refuse to get operated on my rotator cuff. So it's all, it's all flies and stuff like that. But if I could, it would always be 315. I promise you that. 315. I promise you that. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Not bad. Not bad. Could you take all three of those guys? No question. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see you. Enjoy time with the family Thank there. You, and uh, and you'll be coaching next year in college? Uh, we don't know. I'll see, what's, I'll see what's the best thing available. I'm keeping all my options open. Thank you, bud. Thank you. The unmistakable voice of Coach O, Ed Orgeron.